I was a uh, practicing clinician working in a home health agency model. I wasn't allowed to dose my patients as per best practice guidelines. So I said, there's gotta be a way to do this better. My, my grandmother, uh, my grandfather, I started seeing them going in and out of long-term care. It started personal seeing the sick side of 80, and now it's been exciting to be part of Fox. Light bulb moment, like that's a complete game changer. You can see what we can do as a practice and as treating clinicians to really make 80, 85 look so much different than it did back that long ago. And boil it down into one say, it's quite simply this, it's be stronger, live better longer. Welcome to Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast, the podcast dedicated to clinicians who work with older adults. My name is Jim Shearer, and usually I have one co-host on an episode. Today, I get two, Fox SLP, Stephanie DeMello and Fox SLP, Megan Saxon. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so before we begin, I have to let everyone know, this is your first podcast ever, which I almost find hard to believe because Megan has like <laughs> headphones and a studio <laughs> mic, but apparently Megan was a gamer in her previous yes. <laughs> life. And I think this is cool because you two, both recommended by Maureen Colkett to be on the podcast, but you two have never met until now. No. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? Do you know of each other, or did you find out about each other last week when Maureen suggested this? Maureen had mentioned Megan to me before about because we have a common tie, but we've. Ne I don't know if we've ever actually talked to each other. No, I don't think we have either. Yeah. I actually had no idea that we had the common tie until Maureen asked me to be on the podcast and was like, yeah, Steph's going to be on it too. So. <laughs> so Maureen, SLP legend, she's been on the podcast before, a great member of the Fox media team. She suggested bringing both of you on because both of you are SLPs, speech language pathologists, and caregivers. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The balance between being an SLP and caregiver. There we go. <laughs> and if you hear a dog in the background, that is Steph's dog. I know. Oh, it's I Megan's dog. My dog. I have two dogs and two cats. I'm a crazy person. <laughs> I have three. I have three dogs and a baby. So, but my husband let the dogs outside. But wait, I swear that I saw a cat running up your stairs. Steph. That's my Yorkie. Oh, oh, okay. It's not everyone a cat. Th everyone thinks he's a cat. <laughs> he gets that a lot, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> so before we begin today, um, any any questions you have for each other? Actually, Megan, where are you? What state are you in? Because I'm, I, in, that, I'm in Pennsylvania. Yeah, you you're you're okay. both in PA. I, I feel like you should <laughs> get together no at some point. Yeah, yeah, that's what I didn't even know. Now, are both of you Eastern Pennsylvania? I Yeah, yeah I yep. am. What area do you work in? I'm right outside of Philadelphia. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Same. I'm in like, I guess you could say Exton kind of area. Okay. So you're for, that's why I, I'm in like the Lafayette Hill Plymouth meeting area. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Yep. So how far do you think you live from each other? Are we talking mm -hmm. like a half hour, 45 minutes, an hour? 45, 45 to an hour probably. 45 to an hour. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. My, I went to Westchester University, which is in the Exton area. So that's about 40 minutes from where I live. Yeah. So. All right. Well, maybe if this podcast goes well, we'll like <laughs> we'll, we'll all meet up together. 
Yeah, there you go. Awesome. Yeah, because I'm not awesome. two. I'm probably like an hour and a half from both of you. Okay. okay. All right. Gotcha. Nice. All right. So before we discuss the SLP and caregiver balance, I just want to know how did both of you come to find speech language pathology? And Megan, I'll start with you. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I guess from a young age, I was always kind of like attracted to helping people. That was just like something I always that's a good thing. Yeah. I just was very empathetic. I I was the kid who, you know, yelled at people for bullying and, you know, um, I, was I, I like you already, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> I was involved in like um, the special ed programs at my school quite a lot, helping out kids, you know, with special needs. And I remember coming home, I was in like probably eighth grade. I had made a friend, a boy in the class who had autism. And I remember asking my mom lots of questions. And I was like, I want to do this. I want to help kids who have these, you know, disabilities. And my mom was like, oh, you should look into speech therapy. And I'm like, what is that? What, <laughs> what is that? And, you know, I looked into it and I loved the idea of it. And when I first started off in the program, I wanted to be a school speech therapist. But as I kind of continued through the program, the medical side just kind of grabbed me. And that was <laughs> the end of it. <laughs> That's a great story. So thank you. <laughs> you kind of always wanted to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Helping people is just something I'm just drawn to. I just like it gives me a lot of satisfaction in life and yeah. <laughs> All right, Steph, beat that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I can, but I always like Megan wanted to do something to help people. Um, I at age 13 was volunteering at our local nursing home and was doing, helping with activities. And I always knew I wanted to do something medical, but wasn't sure what that was. So I originally started out in college as uh, being pre-pharmacy and biology and took about two classes of chemistry and decided it wasn't for me. Um, so I, ha I, met a, I met a friend who was doing all the pre-communication disorders classes and she was talking about it and I was like, that sounds exactly what I want to do. I want to do something medical and do something that's helping people. And I took the, pre the prereqs over the summer just to see if I liked it, ended up loving it. And here I am. 13 years later. <laughs> I feel really good about both of you. The fact, <laughs> the fact that these words came out of your mouth, Steph, I was a 13-year-old volunteering. Like, to yep. me, that speaks volumes. Because I know 13-year-olds, and they're just playing video games all day. <laughs> not, not volunteering. Yeah. Next question, before we get into today's main topic, how, how long have both of you been with Fox Rehabilitation? I've been with Fox for about a year. Oh, all right. You like it? Uh, I do. I love Fox. Wait, wait, I, uh, wait, when did you start? Uh, last June, I believe. Yeah. So I was, like I was exactly May 2021. So around the same go. time. Yeah. Yeah. Steph? I, I got you guys beat. I started in <laughs> September of 2013. So I've been going. Whoa. No, 20, 2014. 2014. I'm going, on eight, going on eight years. Eight years. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Do you want to just ask us questions? Like, <laughs> I cede this podcast over to you. So let's talk, let's talk about the main topic, being both an SLP and a caregiver. So both of you care for your grandmothers. Do I have that correct? Yes. And then what does that entail? So for me, my grandmother is pretty much dependent for everything, ADLs. Um, she's not bedridden, but she lives in my house she we have like a little um 
like in-law suite uh, in our basement. It has its own entrance. It's really nice. Its own bathroom. Um, and basically she's here. Thankfully we have caregivers who come in and help us out, but she depends on us for everything. Showers, bathroom, toileting, changing, um, feeding. So it's basically just kind of, you know, helping her through day-to-day things and making sure she stays healthy. Steph? So mine's my experience is a little bit different. I lived with my grandmother when she was at the beginning just getting diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So she was still pretty at that point independent. We went through the transition of losing her license together. Um, and I started kind of more taking the role of helping her manage her finances, create, go grocery shopping, go do grocery lists, problem solving, making sure her, you know, doing the lawn, that kind of thing, uh, where she now is at the bedridden stage and my mom is taking care of her. Okay. Now, where does she live? So at the time I lived with her in Westchester and now she lives with my mom at my mom's house. Okay. She, so she's with your mom, but you pop yes. in, you pop in often. I pop in often. So now I help, you know, I go, I come to relieve my mom with helping, like Megan said, with ADLs and with, you know, bathing, bathroom, doing feeding, all of that stuff. So how much does your clinical training play a factor when you're taking care of your grandmothers? All the time. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> all, the time. Yeah. all the time. You got to oh. think that your grandmothers are like, yes, my granddaughters are like, perf- they're like great at this. This is what they do for a living. <laughs> so take us through the, the clinical part of how that factors in when you're taking care of your grandmothers. The, re- the whole reason I kind of decided to offer to take her in is because I had so much clinical knowledge. And, you know, we work with patients in geriatrics every day, all day. And I, you know, I see PT interact, I see OT interact with different patients. And I was like, I could do this, you know, I know what I'm doing. So my grandmother actually also has dysphagia. So that's been a huge role for me as well. But with her transfers, I know how to cue her to stand correctly. I know how, you know, to cue her patiently. And with the dementia diagnosis, it can take a long time for them to process what you're saying. Whereas, you know, I've seen my mom work with her and, you know, they don't have that clinical knowledge of, okay, you have to tell them to do this and give them some time. And, you know, so that kind of gave me a one up to working with her, which was able to do things without, you know, so much frustration on her end. And then my mom getting frustrated on her end as well, because they're both not understanding what's happening. And Steph, when you're over your mother's house, do people ever come over when your mom is taking care of your grandmother? You step in and you're like, hold on. Like, I know what I'm doing. I, I do this professionally. All the time. So unfortunately, my grandmother's on hospice now. And so I've had a lot of conversations with her hospice nurse about, you know, to die. she wanted to put her on a downgraded diet. And I said, well, I don't know if that's right. And she, the hospice nurse was very receptive and she let me, you know, she let me say what my thoughts were on why I didn't think that was right and how I wanted to keep her on a normal diet as long as possible because of quality life. Mm -hmm. And I knew that the second we put her on something puree, she'd stop eating. I am always kind of that piece when I'm there, but also my mom's, you know, my mom will call me and say, does this sound right to you? Does this, you know, what, what do I do with this? So she'll, you know, she'll call and she'll say, how do I help with, you know, how can I get her to transfer with, you know, what do I, I keep saying this. And I'm like, well, you have to word it this way. And I help her with, you know, 
that kind of stuff as well. My grandmother also just transferred to hospice. So I completely understand that whole diet thing with her having the dysphagia. Like they wanted to, you know, take the straw away. And then my grandmother's yep. like, well, I don't want to drink anything. So we had to have those kinds of conversations too. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. what I, I mean, it ended up basically me saying like, she hasn't had an aspiration pneumonia yet. So yep. let's, <laughs> let's keep going. And if we see anything crazy, we'll, we'll change it. Yeah. Yep. And to flip the question, how much does being a caregiver rub off on you as a clinician? For me, it has changed me immensely because before I experienced this, I would have patients, family members say things and I didn't really understand where they were coming from. But now it gives me compassion and understanding that, you know, for them, this is scary. This is their loved one. This is, this is, you know, it may not, for me, seeing it as a clinician, it's very cut and dry and it's by, you know, it's, it's, I can walk away, but it's not that for them. So being able to have that compassion and understanding of taking care of my grandmother and that it's not just something that you just leave, like this is their life every day has made me better with understanding what the caregiver's needs are. Yeah. I, I would have to comment on that as well. I, I feel the same way too. Like, um, I remember being on the phone with some caregivers who, you know, we've all had caregivers who like to go on and on and on. And you're like, oh, I got to get through my work day that I can't take this 45 minute call or what it may be. But, you know, becoming a caregiver yourself, sometimes you just need to let it out, let everything that you're going through to a person, mm -hmm. you know, it could be a clinician, it could be a doctor. Sometimes they need that moment to just kind of let out all their frustrations if, you know, they're having any or what's going on and like give them time to like just kind of vent it out because they don't they might not have that person to kind of talk to who knows what's going on with their loved one and yet you're like standing there you know their loved one and also it's taught me a lot of perspective i guess because when mm -hmm. i'm coming in as a new clinician i've only been a speech therapist for about 3 years you know you come in passionate you want to see the most progress from your patients and you're like well, the family's not having them do these exercises or the family's not following these recommendations and, and it makes you frustrated. Well, taking a step back as a caregiver, that's one part of their day is speech therapy. Like, you know, I've have like five people in my house on a given day taking care of my grandmother and they're all giving mm -hmm. me things I need to do with her. And I get home from work and I'm like, I don't have time to do any of this with her or she's too tired to deal with any of it. Mm -hmm. And you kind of understand that like, your realm isn't like the only thing that they've got going on. They have doctor's appointments and family wants to see them. So you got to get them to this event. And it's just like more than we see in just one session. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So it kind of helps you see the big picture. Yes. A hundred percent. And Steph, I loved that you used the word compassion. Because to me, that is such an important part of everything. Like you can be great clinically, but if you don't have an ounce of passion... Because yep. my wife's grandmother was in a senior living community. This was years ago. And I remember like nurses w would come in and they would be very curt. And that just like rubbed me the wrong way. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't talk to Grandma Minster like that. No way. <laughs> so how, yeah. how far does compassion go? Or how important is compassion? I, I mean, I always have had a compassion because that is why I went into the field. But I think it gave me more specific a understanding for caregiver compassion. And I think if you can get on a good 
side with a caregiver and understand where they're coming from, you're going to have that much buy-in in therapy that you're going to have, they're going to want to participate with you. So having that understanding and that relationship with them, you're going to get what you need to return. You can- I was going to say, I would agree with that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Having therapists even come into my house from like different companies, you know, med companies, you can definitely tell when they're there and they're, they're, they're like compassionate and they're, they're bought into your, your loved one making progress. You can feel it when they're working with your loved one and when you're there and you can tell when they're not. And so definitely that compassion and that element of kindness and, you know, I care about you, not just as a clinician, but you know, you as a person that definitely shows. This is a, an interesting question for me. So are goals different? Like, how is it different taking care of a loved one versus treating a patient? Does that question make sense? Like, I mean, I, I, I know so. you're, you're, I closer, so. <laughs> you're, clo- you're closer to your grandmother. Yes. Like, there's no yeah. doubt about that. There's something innate. But do you measure goals differently? So I can give you a little, I mean, my situation situation was maybe a little bit different than Megan's because when the time I was living with my grandmother, she was at that stage that she was aware that she was losing her memory. So I would try to give her tips and things to help her. And she would fight me tooth and nail because she didn't want me telling her what to do. Now, if someone else came in and told her, it would not be an issue at all. Interesting. Uh, Okay. So, Like I've learned that I need to treat her with kid gloves in a way. And that, like, I can't really do tradition. Like, it's better. Maureen was actually my grandmother's speech therapist. <laughs> so it was, it's actually better to have send someone else in than to have me come in and do the work. To me, that totally makes sense. Having kids, I'll try to teach my son something. He's like, he doesn't mm-hmm. want to have it. But if someone else teaches him it, it's fine. Yeah. I find that's true a lot of the time. Now, my grandmother is a (laughs) very stubborn woman. So (laughs) sometimes it didn't matter who it came from. um, But I see that a lot in patient care anyways. Like I know I have a few patients where they don't speak much or their expressive language is, you know, on the lower side. But as soon as I walk in, hi, Megan, how are you doing? And they're like, why do you get a high? And I don't. (laughs) So I see that all the time, too. So, yeah, it definitely is better when it comes from from someone other than the caregiver. Yep. One hundred percent. And Steph, Maureen says that your grandmother has the world's best laugh. She does. Can, can we confirm she, this today on the Live she, Better Longer podcast? She has one of the most infectious laughs that, and you can hear it when you hear, you know it's hers. It's it's one of those laughs that it just is, you know it's hers. I, I, I know people like that, and I love those types of laughs because it makes something not hilarious, hilarious. It's yes. like them laughing at it makes it that much funnier. Yep. We, we've confirmed it today <laughs> on the Live Better Longer podcast. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, more of the SLP double shot with Stephanie DeMello and Megan Saxon. So while we take a quick water break, and I didn't even mention this at the top of the episode, talk about burying the lead. This is the season premiere of the Live Better Longer podcast, season three. And for every episode this season, we will be giving away a Fox Rehabilitation Live Better Longer t-shirt. So if you want the t-shirt this week, here's what you need to do. Go to Fox Rehabilitation's Instagram page. That is Fox underscore Rehabilitation. 
scroll through our feed and look for the picture of the t-shirt and this audio clip playing. Did you find it? And here's all you need to do. Answer the following question. What has been your favorite episode of the Fox Rehabilitation Live Better Longer podcast? So let us know the episode and then tell us why. The why is important. The why is going to get you that t-shirt. And oh, by the way, whoever gets the t-shirt will give it to you in any size you want. So once again, if you want that Fox Rehabilitation Live Better Longer t-shirt, go to our Instagram page, answer the question. The best answer will get the t-shirt. We are back on Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast. I am chatting with Stephanie DeMello and Megan Saxon, both SLPs. I have an SLP question for both of you. Okay. Okay. Um, In some places, is it just speech pathology? Different places, I feel like the SLP is referred to as different things. SLP, SP... Is Fox exclusive to SLPs? Break down this whole world for me. I usually just say speech pathologist or speech therapist because my patients are all like, what, what, are, what, 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 what are you? What's a pathologist? What? Mm-hmm. So I find it's easier with our population to say therapist just because yes. then they can relate it to physical therapy. I have a speech language pathology. I usually formal title. Yeah, I would say more. It's more of the the switch of with the patients and mm-hmm. and characterizing. All right. So if yeah. we were at a conference, would people consider you to be speech language pathologists, yes. speech yes, therapists? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. So in a more professional setting, we're speech language pathologists, but yes. I say patient in care, a, we're speech therapists. Yeah. In a, I, in a formal, uh, casual setting, we're speech therapists. But what I really like to do is because when we walk in and we introduce ourselves, I, I think 90% of the time when I call patients before the evaluation to schedule out, I'm like, hey, I'm Megan. I'm the speech therapist with Fox. And they're like, speech. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with their speech. Yes. And I go into this kind of little like uh, ramble, I guess you could yep, say. Me too. I would say, you know, yeah, nope, we don't just do speech. I like to say we we cover everything from the diaphragm up, basically. I say this. I say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we do, you know, breathing, voice, cognition, and we have to go mm-hmm. on our little spiel. And then they're like, oh, yeah, their memory's not good. That's why you're here. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that, that's exactly why. <laughs> yep. All right. So, Megan. Yes. You're in a gamer's chair. Yes. And you, you told me you have the whole audio video set up because you were big into gaming. Is this past tense? Are you still into gaming? So I actually used to be a, uh, a streamer, if you know what that is. So I would stream video games to people who wanted to watch and view them. But since taking on my grandmother, I found that when I was streaming, you know, the aides who were here taking care of her would need help or, you know, something would arise like it'd be a bathroom break. And I just felt like I was leaving too much it, during the stream or during what I was doing. I My attention was divided. And so I had to take a step back. I probably haven't gone live in about two months. <laughs> so wait, would so. you stream on YouTube? What platform would you stream on? It's called Twitch. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Twitch. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what's your, what's your game of choice? My game of choice. Well... Since I've stopped streaming, it's kind of gotten a little uh, mixed up. I used to, <laughs> don't make fun of me. I used to play Fortnite. I've been, I was a streamer for three, would have been four years this July. Do you have so a handle? Like, do people know you as a, 
a certain Some, persona. I would say not a lot of people know me, but I do. I do have a what's like your, a gamer tag. What's your name? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> it's a uh, Mego CS. <laughs> all right, Mego. Is it CS. all one word or Mego space C? No spa- space. No CS. <laughs> Mego Mego CS, like the letter C and S. Yes. All right. Yep. So if yeah. you were to compete in a video game tournament, what game would you compete in? Uh, I would have to say Valorant is like one of my favorite games right now. It's a um, team-based game, and it's like five people on each side, and one team is trying to plant a bomb and make it explode, and the other team is trying to defuse and or protect the site that they want to plan on. And basically, like each character has certain abilities, and they get to kind of use those abilities to get onto site and beat the team. And it's a pretty cool game. I, I would love to compete in it, but... I am nowhere near good enough to play against some of these pros. Well, the that breakdown in your gear, like right now, <laughs> I think you're probably the best gamer at Fox Rehabilitation. <laughs> no. <laughs> Who's, I don't know anyone better than you. Do you? <laughs> All right. So, Steph, what is your hobby equivalent to that? For a while, I used to do um, fashion influencing on Instagram. What? Um, oh, my I, gosh. I was, I have like 12,000 followers. I have stopped doing it since my son came because my priorities have shifted mm-hmm. to him. So I haven't really done it in like six months, but yeah. Can you shout out your handle? It is at Steph Smith Fashion. Could you do something with our social media? I would like, not, I mean, you I have, you have experience yeah. in that space. Yeah, is there a way? To. Is there a way that you could tie that into the clinical world? Possibly. Yeah. Do you know that we have fox joggers? No. You, you know joggers, right? Yeah. 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 I, yeah. But I didn't. And they're, I they're the part of they're part of our dress ah. policy now. Well, I have Ooh. a really good uh, fox zip up that I love that I wear like all you the time. You should like do like a little social video for that. <laughs> we, we, we would post it. I will. All right. Well, thank you for the time today. No, thank you. Thanks it, for having it, us yeah, on. It was, it was nice to meet both of you at some point. I don't know if, I don't think I've met Maureen in person. It's weird in like the, the virtual world. It's like, mm-hmm. have I met them in person? But <laughs> at some point we should all hang out together. Yeah, that would, that be, would fun. be fun. Yeah. So thank you for the time and thank you for what you do. Like just hearing your stories today, you inspired me. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Yes, you are welcome. So for Stephanie DeMello and Megan Saxon, my name is Jim Shear, and we will see Yens later. 